The reason why a lot of us feel stuck in the careers that we're in is because we stop growing, we stop learning, we stop trying to figure out how do I really expand my skills. And so really think about what do I want my development to look like? What skills do I want to build? You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast, where we chase purpose, not money. I'm your host, Patrice Washington, and I am so honored that you've joined me for yet another episode. Listen, you know, if you've been a purpose chaser for a while, that at the end of every show, I always say that I want you to live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without chasing money. Well, I'm so excited about today's guest, Dorianne St. Floor. Because she says that when it comes to career fulfillment, we've been sold the wrong idea, right? There is actually a better way to go about creating your dream job than maybe what you've heard before. And I believe this episode is really going to bless you. Listen, before we jump in, I got to ask for a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really, really does matter. Your voice really does help us find more and more purpose chasers out there all over the world who need a space like this to know that they're not alone. So subscribe, rate, and review. You'll help us out a lot. Now let's jump into this week's affirmation. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You gotta affirm positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is I stay energized by doing the work I love. I do work I love and embrace the energy it provides. When I do this work, I not only produce financial compensation, but personal satisfaction. Whether my quote-unquote day job utilizes all of my gifts and talents or not, I choose to maintain a positive attitude, understanding that it is only one stop on my journey toward doing what I love day in and day out. I will not wait until I leave my current circumstances to do what I love. Even if I have to volunteer for a season, I'm willing to get in the space and around the people that bring me energy and therefore fulfillment. I declare today, I stay energized by doing the work I love. Today's guest is Dorianne St. Floor. Dorianne is a high-performance career coach, corporate trainer, speaker, author, and highly sought-after thought leader on workplace inclusion. Spending over 15 years in corporate America, Dorianne has served as an HR leader for Fortune 500 companies like AT&T and Google. And she became the founder of Your Career Girl, an online career development boutique where she helps her clients reinvent themselves and their careers by teaching women how to gain deeper career clarity, become more visible in their industries, and propel into dream roles and secure huge pay raises. Her new book, now debuting. It's called Deeper Than Work. Dorianne is on a mission with this book to eliminate the pay and leadership gaps for women of color in the corporate world and to help high achievers climb to the heights of success without sacrificing their dignity, identity, or sanity in the process. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dorianne St. Floor. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Dorianne. Thank you so much for having me, Patrice. This is so exciting. I can't wait to dive in. I'm excited to dive in. And I have to tell you the quote that made me go, oh, I already know I'm going to like her. She is perfect for this season of Redefining Wealth. This is the quote that my producer sent to me and said, is this someone you'd want to talk to? The quote was, what you do for a living is way more than just work. Your career impacts your mental, physical, spiritual, and financial well-being. If you're unhappy in your professional life, you'll likely be unhappy in your personal life. Why? Because it's deeper than work. Girl, I was like, this is my girl right here. She doesn't know it yet. But oh my gosh, one of the things that we talk about in the work pillar here at Redefining Wealth, Dorian, is that when you are not clear about your purpose in your work life, it is very hard to establish your priorities in your personal life. 
And the number one reason that I feel a lot of people mismanage their finances is really because of a lack of fulfillment. They're unfulfilled in what they spend the most hours doing throughout the day. And then they try to fill the gap by buying Mm. things, by buying people, by buying more stuff. And it's just a never ending cycle. So when I tell you that I was excited to meet you and talk to you, this was the quote that started it all. And I would love to hear, you know, your background and where that came from for you. I love it. I absolutely love it. And so that that kind of quote really sums up everything. If I fast forward or, or rewind actually back to 2010, I was in New York. I am at this amazing bank getting paid a lot of money for just being fresh out of college. And I am on paper doing well. You know, I've been promoted a couple of times by this point. I was engaged at that time too, as well, to my now husband and life was good, quote unquote. But deep down, what a lot of people didn't know is that I was depressed. I was unhappy. I was unfulfilled. And it was because of my work situation. I had just transitioned from the work that I had been doing. I graduated in 2005 from Spelman College. I started working, doing something. I don't even know why I was doing it. It's not what I was supposed to be doing with my life, but I just kind of fell into it, went through all the motions, and then finally transitioned into a space that I thought, okay, this is it. I'm in human resources. This is aligned with the work I want to be doing. I got great projects, but why am I so unhappy? Why do I hate coming into work? Why do I feel depressed and anxiety filled and all of these things? And when I got to the core of it, I was in a toxic environment. My boss was horrible. My coworkers were horrible. Um, I was horrible. Like it just wasn't a good situation. And it actually ended with me being laid off after 12 months of being in that role, of feeling rejected, of feeling like my intelligence was being questioned, of feeling like, you know, what am I doing? Why am I here? What 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 is next for me? I didn't have the wherewithal to say, you know what? I want more for myself. Let me figure this out. And so I just stayed there every day. And then they just said, you know what? Eh, not working anymore. We don't want you here. And they ended up laying me off. And it was just such a pivotal time in my career to know that I put myself through so much emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and this is what I was had to show for it, a layoff, a pink slip, right? And so that was the moment where I really understood how important it was to be intentional about your career, to be intentional about fulfillment, and to no longer just go through the motions when it comes to your career. And when I say that it impacts all of those areas that you read, it does. Like, financially, okay, yes, I was getting paid, but I wasn't stewarding over my money properly. Like exactly what you said. Oh, let me just buy this bag because I don't feel good. And it gives me a rush when I buy this bag or what do I need to save for? Who cares? My life sucks. I'm not saving for any future. Why? Um, So all of that, everything it impacted because of that job. And I, after, you know, thank God have been able to come out of that and build a big, a great career and help others do the same all of that good stuff, but it's it, it's my fundamental belief that what we see as happiness really comes down to understanding what we want in our professional lives and being intentional and making decisions from a place of empowerment and faith instead of fear and trauma. I think there's nothing, I, I, feel, I don't feel strongly about a lot of things. I feel strongly about this. Like mm-hmm. it impacts so much. So we got to get it right. Oh my gosh, you are speaking our language here because that is one of the the core themes throughout redefining wealth is being able to define wealth, to define success, to define your career path, like literally through making choices that are rooted in faith, not fear. Not, oh, because it's attached to this certain number, certain paycheck. And don't get me wrong. Obviously, we need money to survive. We need money to thrive. I understand that. But Every decision not being driven by, well, it's a check, so I'm just going to sit here and take it. I'm going to sit here in toxicity where I am underappreciated or my talents are being pimped and like Mm -hmm. I'm not getting credit for it. 
or, you know, like you said, just going through the motions, putting yourself through so much and you think, oh, it's just your job, but how many other parts of your life is it impacting? And I believe from what I've, you know, worked through with a lot of my clients that a lot of people sit through it because they were conditioned to sit through it especially people of faith. It's like, well, you should be grateful. You have a job and people don't have a job. So I need to sit here and get beat up on by a toxic boss. Like, do you understand the PTSD that I have watched people leave work environments with that takes them years to rebound from? Yes. Oh my gosh, Patrice. And, And it's something that we don't even talk about. We don't even PTSD for a toxic work environment. Yes. Yes. Just like in an abusive relationship, coming from war, like all of these big things that we're okay with saying I have PTSD from, look at the signs and the symptoms of being in a bad work environment. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And we don't talk about it. We have been conditioned. Like, you know, in my book, I talk about the collective limiting beliefs that women of color that we have. And we get them because our, our foremothers, our, our aunties, everyone, they, they, they told us these things to help us survive. Put your head down. Don't rock the boat. Just be grateful with what you have. Work twice as hard, but only be satisfied with getting half as much. They, that's what they knew and what they saw. They passed that down to us so that we can survive. But I really want people to know you can do more than just survive in your career. You can actually thrive. It is actually possible. But the first thing is that awareness of where do these beliefs come from? Why do I think it's okay for my, to allow my manager to talk to me like this? Why do I think it's okay to stay here for 10 years? And they don't appreciate me. They literally show me every year they don't care about me. Why do I think it's okay to stay here and really become aware of where these ideas come from? Girl, I just keep going. Like, this is, yeah. this is just so much. This is so much. Yeah. I think that a lot of us may stay in those environments too because of imposter syndrome. I have met brilliant women from all walks of life and brilliant for different reasons. I'm not saying brilliant because you have a million degrees because some of us assume that getting one degree or certification after another means whatever you think it means. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about just brilliant because you were born brilliant. Like, because Mm -hmm. you have a a gift, a calling, a talent, like you have all these things that God gave you freely that you can use to produce wealth in the world, not just by being an entrepreneur. Cause I, I say this all the time. I don't believe everyone needs to be an entrepreneur, but are you using your purpose, your gifts, your talents in the right environment? Right. And sometimes we settle in these environments for so long that we begin to question the gift. Like, am I even gifted? Am I even talented? Do I even deserve where I am? Do I have the right to be dreaming of something better? And a lot of that, I think, is just due to imposter syndrome. The comparison almost that I need to have everything Peggy Sue has or I, or I don't have anything. And it's like, girl, <laughs> like you have years of, of like experience and gifts that you got freely, first of all, but years of experience and just things that come to you intuitively to contribute here. And those don't necessarily have to always be in comparison with what Sue and and Peggy and Sally and them have. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But that imposter syndrome will have you believing that we have, that we really do have to work not just twice as hard, but five times as hard, that we have to go super early and leave late, that we have to forsake our children's birthday parties, that we have to forsake date night with our spouse, that like, it'll have us doing all these things to earn respect or to earn favor that really, that that's an inside job first. Mm-hmm. That's really not about them. That's about us first. Does, am I making sense? That makes so much sense to me. Like we are excellent already. We are fearfully and wonderfully made already. We literally, you, you were designed specifically for, to do great work and everything you need to fulfill that, Patrice, you already have. And it's different from what I have to fulfill my specific great work that I'm here for. And I feel like a lot of people don't give value to that. Literally, they're literally looking at what 
Peggy and all and the rest of them are doing and saying, you know, well, that's what that looks like. Look at her career. She's been promoted. She's making this much money. Look at what she's wearing. They're just looking at all of those outward things and not paying attention to all the gold that they already have and how brilliant, uh, I love that word, brilliant, that they already are just, just in being. And I feel like we do ourselves a disservice when we don't pay attention to just how amazing we already are. And we don't know what Peggy's pocketbook is saying. We don't know if mm-hmm. Peggy is up to her eyeballs in debt and stressed out because of what we do see. You never know what's going on behind the black curtain. And that's why I feel like our number one focus should be what's going on inside of me. Like, how content am I? Like, how much joy do I have in what I'm doing and the people that I'm working with? How comfortable am I in this environment? I just think there's so many other questions that we can ask ourselves again first. Like that dream career. And I know you have you have some thoughts around this idea of dream career, right? But whatever that thing is for you, I feel like it should start with an assessment of what feels right for you. Like mm-hmm. what feels in alignment for you? We're often trying to put ourselves in a box instead of building whatever we want around who we really are and what truly gives us joy. Absolutely. So tell me about your take on dreams. Because from what I understand, you said that we what we've been taught about dream jobs is wrong. So what's mm-hmm. your take on dream jobs? Yeah, what I noticed in a lot of the women that I speak to, and even in my own career, if I think about it, which is why it took me so long to understand that I was in a toxic environment back then, is that we've been taught that the dream career is this, it's like a, it's like a soulmate. It's like the stars aligning and you find this one career path that is aligned with who you are, that will pay you all this money, you know, fill in the blank of whatever the perfect life looks like. And that's what it is. And you're either lucky to find it. So hold on tight or you're never going to find it. So don't even stress yourself trying to look for it. It's one of those takeaways that that we end up having from it. And what I believe is that similarly to, I don't really believe in soulmates and all those things. I believe God ordains us to do things, but we human and we mess up and we don't listen and we do all the things and he makes crooked paths straight. (laughs) Same way I believe about your career. There's not just one. And so what I've done is define or redefine kind of what dream is. And it's an acronym that I use to really help people hone in on what that dream is. And so the D stands for development. When you're thinking about what do I want my career to be? One thing you should be thinking about is your growth. The reason why a lot of us feel stuck in the careers that we're in is because we we stop growing. We stop learning. We stop trying to figure out how do I really expand my skills? And so really think about this assessment that you're doing. What do I want my development to look like? What skills do I want to build? The R stands for relationships. We spend so much time at work. We spend often more time with the people we work with than with the people we live with. And so we should like them and they should like us. They should respect us. So think about what types of relationships do I need to thrive? Do you want to be besties with the people you work with? Okay. Do you not? Okay. But think about it. Understand what do I need from a manager? What do I need from peers? What do I need in relationships to thrive? The E is for the environment. And I'm talking about both the physical and the cultural environment. Again, spend a lot of time there. So what do you need to to be around? What do you need to see? What does your commute look like, et cetera? Really think that through. The A is for acknowledgement. I know we're strong women, that we got it all together, but we still want to be recognized. We still want people to tell us we've done a good job. Identify what that means for you when we talk about acknowledgement. And then the M, money. Money is not the most important thing, but it is an important thing. It really helps you live the kind of life that you want to live and save and invest and build legacy and all of those things. So be strategic about it. Don't just say, oh, they give me this amount of money. So yeah, I'll just take it. Do your research. Is this right? Is this right? <laughs> Does this make sense? Do you need to be asking for more? How do you negotiate? Really being strategic about your whole compensation. And so when we put all of that together, that creates the 
dream for you. And you can have multiple dream jobs. You can turn the current job you're in right now into a dream job. You can really be more strategic and intentional about what a fulfilling career looks like for you. Every other month, I attend a Super Friends brunch where we talk about everything from purpose to pursuing new dreams and even menopause. Yep, you heard me, menopause, because if you're over 40 and your girlfriends don't keep it real, I don't know what to tell you. But we have these important conversations because how can we redefine wealth if we're not keeping up with our hormonal health? Now, we discovered Happy Mammoth. It's the company that created Hormone Harmony, and it's dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for us. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. Hormone Harmony contains herbal extracts called aptogens that help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally. And any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take Hormone Harmony. It's perfect for hot flashes, night sweats, menopause-related brain fog, sleeplessness, occasional bloating and gas. You get the picture. Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. And for a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com by using the code RW at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RW for 15% off. Oh, Dorian, that is such a good breakdown. That is such a good breakdown. And I can honestly tell you, I've gone through all of those. I have written out all of these things down to when you even said, what does the commute look like? See, we don't understand how that impacts your day. Some mm -hmm. of you like to drive for 45 minutes. Some of you like to get on the train and it's your time to think and listen to a podcast or read and you seek solace in that. I would hate that. That does not line up with my personality. And I remember years ago writing down that I wanted to just go downstairs in fuzzy slippers. Now, I'm not oh. flexible enough to lift my feet up for you right now, Dorian, but that is exactly what I do every day. But I was clear first, right? And then able to go after opportunities that allow me to create that. And I think the reason that we struggle in our career paths is that we don't even know what we want. A lot of us will say like, oh, I don't like this or I don't like them, but what do you want? If you don't like that, what do you like? What do you desire? Because I don't know about you, but do you think that people, and I love your, how you talked about soulmates, do you think that people stumble in to their quote unquote dream job or that more of us have to actually do the work to narrow down, like, here's what I want, and then go after creating that in our current environment or in a new environment? Yeah, I think it's possible to stumble in. And I think because it's possible and it does happen, we maybe we romanticize it or we kind of put up on a pedestal the people who do happen to stumble in. But that's not the majority. The majority of us have to work at it. We have to think about what do we want. We have to stop just going through all of the motions. And I think it's just not something that we're we're taught how to do. We're not comfortable doing in some in some aspects. And so we end up just kind of flowing through and going through the motions and just not being happy with where we end up. Yeah, I think we need to hear that it takes work. Mm -hmm. Like it does take work. It takes intentionality, right? And the thing that really struck me about your framework as well is just like us at redefining wealth, money is last. Mm -hmm. Now you're you're a career person. Come on. How did you end up making money last? Wasn't money supposed to be the very first thing? Because that's what people tell me. You're a finance expert. Why is money the sixth pillar? What's your answer? Why is money the fifth one for you? Because money is just, it's a tool. It's just, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. Money is not the most important thing. And I know it's easy for me to say that. I've been making six figures in my career since I was 23 or something like that. I paid off my debt. I get it. Like, it's easy for me to say all of this stuff, but it's the truth. It's because I know that when I was toxic, I was making, I remember, but multiple hundred something and some change, right? It wasn't just like a hundred thousand dollars. I was making a lot of money, big bonuses, all of these things. I bought a house early. I did all the things and I know that does not matter. 
matter. That is not the, or it's not the only thing that matters, I'll say. And so all of these other things that I mentioned, the development matters more than the money. I'm sorry, it does. The relationships matter most, in my opinion, than even before the money. I learned all of this the hard way. And I've seen it play out with my clients, with my family, with my friends. I've seen it play out. And so, it, again, it, this is why I always say it's not that money is not the, um, it's not that it's not important, but it's just not the most important thing. I think we have that wrong. And the truth is, when you identify all of these other pillars and you get yourself right from the inside out, the money comes. I know it sounds cliche, but the money comes. It's just about understanding these other things first. If we flip that order, if you get that order out of out of out of whack, you're gonna have a, you're gonna be unfulfilled. <laughs> and so it's really important to to have things in their proper place. I love it. I love it. If you flip it around, you're gonna have a problem. You can get all the money, but then if you're not developing, if you don't have good relationships, if you're not in the right environment, if you're not getting the acknowledgement that you deserve and desire, you're going to still be unfulfilled. And in that case, what good is the money? Dorian, this is so good. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll come right back. So last week, I had an opportunity to share a little bit about some of my past on Toya Gavin's episode, where I talked about when I was in this nonprofit organization and I felt really overworked and underpaid and not so appreciated and how every time I wanted to make a decision, it's like my brain could only go to the worst case scenario, right? If I didn't stay here and accept this behavior and be grateful that I at least had a job, then the only other option was homelessness. It's like, ma'am, there are options definitely in between. It's not either or. We need to learn to add an and. Well, that conversation really lends itself to this conversation because this week, as I was thinking about story time, what came up for me is that I am actually living in my dream career, but I started writing it when I was at that old job. And this is back in like 2011. So we're talking about a decade ago where I actually wrote down so many things and it just is in complete alignment with Dorian's framework because a lot of the things that I wrote, you know, first of all, let me say this. A lot of us can articulate what we don't want, but we don't always really go very deep into what we do want. Right. So beyond the work and the work day and the tasks that we are doing, do we really think about all the other elements that create our daily life? And I still have the journals to this day where I used to write what a dream day and a dream career would look like for me, down to wanting to go to my kitchen and make a cup of coffee and go down to my home office in my fuzzy slippers or fuzzy socks. If I was flexible, I'd show you right now, YouTube. (laughs) But like literally so many parts of my life today, I actually wrote out every detail, what time I would wake up, what the vibe would be like in my house, sometimes what the smell would be like because I love flowers and I love candles, right? Not just the work, but what does my life look like? And One of these days, I'm actually going to go dig and get that journal, a couple of those journals, because I know that I have them. I keep all of my journals. But when I look at my life today, I know that this is the manifestation of everything that I wrote. I know in uh, Habakkuk, it talks about writing the vision and making it plain. And so I've been living this way for years now, but to see that a decade later, that my life is better than what I wrote. But at the bare minimum, this is what I said. This is what I wrote. The flexibility that I have in my day, the opportunity to pick my daughter up from school or to attend her events and her sports activities, the flexibility to just choose what my day looks like every single day is really a blessing. But I think the story here and the exercise is to really write it out. And I love how Dorian explains this in her book. So I definitely suggest you get a copy of Deeper Than Work. But think about, what does this look like for you? What is your ideal day? What is the vibe? 
What does it smell like? What's the environment? Who's there, right? What is the compensation? Know all of those things so that you can be clear as you seek to chase purpose, not money, right? What that looks like for you so that you can keep making decisions rooted in faith, not fear. Dorian, we were talking about, you know, money not being the end all be all. And one of the things that really frustrates me sometimes, like I know we need to be aware of all of the statistics. I know we need to be aware of the news and what they're saying about gender inequality and, you know, racial inequality in the workplace. But I do meet people who don't even lean into the possibility of what they can create because they are so filled with doom and gloom. And I'm like, let's acknowledge that these things are true. Totally hear you. But let's also take responsibility for how we can go about crafting our dream, right? What? How do you feel about that? Because I, I struggle with that just in the work that I do. I can only imagine what you're up against in your work. Oh, I'm so happy you brought this up. This is something that I feel so strongly about. So there's a couple of statistics that I specifically always kind of orient people around when they bring this to me. And the first is around unemployment. So people always want to tell me, you know, X amount of people are, are unemployed, Black people, 9% unemployment right now with everything that's happening. All of that is true. But if somebody tells me that there are 9% of someone who is unemployed, that means there's almost 90% of people who got jobs. Why focus on the 10%? If someone tells me the average Black woman makes 63 cents on the dollar compared to a white man, okay, that's average. That means some people make a little less, some people make a little more. How do I get in a little more bucket? Like literally my brain does not compute. I don't I don't deal with the, the the negative side of the stats. Good. I need to know it so I understand it. But now I'm like, all right, so how I get up in this this money making pot right here. That that's just how I think. And I like to be around people who think like that. It does not serve you well to focus on the the negative, the doom and the gloom, the the sadness. It does not serve us well to do that. We have to take our thoughts captive. We have to be very intentional about this is what I'm focused on. This is what I'm going to listen to. These are the people I'm going to align myself with. These are the news channels I focus on. We got to be intentional because if you allow yourself to spiral with the negative about what you can't have or what we don't get, and we don't get promoted at this rate and we do this and we do that, that's all you'll get. It is so sad and disheartening when I meet women who amazing, just everything you have it is all there, but mentally they just can't get past ageism and sexism and racism and this and this, this and this, 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 and they just can't move forward. They can't put a plan together. That hurts my heart. Like it, it really does not serve us. Yes. Be a, be aware. Fine. If you must be aware, but you don't need to dwell there. It, it really, you really need to figure out how do I orient myself toward the future that I actually want? What am I going to focus on? And that's mm-hmm. where you make decisions from. Yeah. In my book, we talk about putting yourself in your in your aspirational reality. So mm-hmm. instead of sitting at home watching the doom and gloom, like I rarely watch the news and somehow I know whatever I need to know, right? I just refuse to be caught up in that cycle because that chips away at my creativity. That chips away at my quiet time, the time where I get to sit and talk to God about like, what do I do next? Or what should I be working on? Where... Like, where am I going? I'm trying to listen to that. I'm trying to like receive those downloads. I'm not trying to listen to what CNN or Fox News or MSNBC is saying about the same story on a loop over and over again, allowing that to bring my spirit down, you Mm. know? And I think that's something that we have to be really intentional about blocking out, intentional about putting blinders on because you will look up and know about everything going on in the world and know about nothing going on in your, in your house, <laughs> like in your life, <laughs> but you know, everything else. And how does that serve your greater purpose? 
So I brought something up earlier and I wanted to circle back to get your thoughts on this idea of purpose not being about being an entrepreneur all the time, that there are so many ways to live your life's purpose within someone else's organization. What do you think about people who are like, if you use, if you had a nine to five, <laughs> you you play yourself, you're building somebody else's dream and what's mm-hmm. wrong with you and all the things like, what do you feel about that? Because you coach people to get the career of their dreams, essentially. So what do you feel about people who are like, oh, if you're not running your own business, what are you doing? I have so many feelings about that. I think the first thing is that most of the people saying this, and this I can back this up with some statistics, are not even living their own purpose. Please don't let them fool you. You're probably making more on your nine to five than they're making in their quote unquote business ventures. So let's just first be clear about that. Um, the second thing is, it's not true. It's just not true. If we all trying to become entrepreneurs and who's, who's working for us, who's working in our businesses, who's like, that's just not, we're not set up that way. It just, it doesn't make sense. While that is a very clear path for certain people, do your entrepreneur thing. Awesome. But there's also a very clear path for people inside of the corporate space, inside of, you know, a nine to five or in whatever that looks like for them. And it's all valuable. We should be honoring all of it. And I think I, I look at people with a very strong side eye who say you weren't building someone else's dream. Like, that's nonsense. Please just stop. That's nonsense. It's not true. And yes, I've, I figured out myself how to live my own purpose. I go in and out of the nine to five right now. I'm not in it. But don't be surprised if in two years you see me, the head of whatever, whatever, whoever's company, I am not against that. <laughs> like, And so for others as well, if that's your purpose and that's your path, do you. There's room for you. You can have money, fulfillment, freedom, that those things are not exclusive to entrepreneurship. Right. And I believe we need to strategically be positioned in a lot of these companies because how else do we open the door for other women or people of color or insert whatever issue or cause really matters to you? I think about some of the brand partnerships that I've had over the years and those that have been the most lucrative. There was a Black woman someone somewhere in there rooting for me. There were people who talked me up. They're not just Black women, other women in particular. They just talked me up and, and gave those opportunities. And I just think about, well, she was able to control this company's budget of X million dollars that were just on like influencer campaigns. She couldn't have done that running her own mm-hmm. business, trying to help us, right? There is a place for everyone. And I believe that some of the women that I'm thinking of, literally, I see their faces in my mind. A part of their purpose was to create the paths, like to create those lanes, to bring women in, to take advantage of opportunities that were very exclusive to men and white men in particular at the time that I started in this industry, uh, like Mm -hmm. a decade ago. And I'm so grateful. You know, some of them are still at those companies and I'm so grateful. And I'm sure they look back on their body of work and go, yep, I helped launch her and her and her and her. And I was a part of that, helping them spread that message for the greater good. And that was their role. And that's a beautiful role to have. What's wrong with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, it's, it's just, there's a lot of lies that we tell ourselves in the culture and that we believe and we accept. And that, that's a big one right there. And I think just that idea that you can't be a boss or you can't be fulfilled or you can't be filling the blank if you're in your nine to five is keeping a lot of people in bondage. It's a lot, a lot of women out there who want to just take a deep breath and just exhale and focus on their careers, but they're not because their social media feed says, you're not really doing the thing if you are working for somebody else. And it's just really sad. You know what I've seen? I've seen people leave good jobs to go recreate ridiculous cycles of struggle. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, mm. we're going to struggle, but I, but ridiculous cycles of struggle. And I don't know that they really mapped out the dream in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. They just were like, okay, I'm good at this. I did it a couple of times. I'm going to leave my job and my benefits and all my stuff. And I'm just going to go. And then they get out here and realize that just because you're walking in purpose, that don't mean <laughs> that there's no trials that come with that. And you're not necessarily prepared for that. So 
how often when you're working with people, do they say, Dorian, this is not, this is not even about me going to another industry in corporate America. I'm just ready to be an entrepreneur. Do you take them through any type of process? Are you like, sis, you sure? Like what, what types of things do you bring to people's awareness just to make sure that they're actually ready for that? If they do decide my career path is now to go into entrepreneurship as yours has been to go in and out. Mm-hmm. I take everyone through, but the first thing we do is go through this, this whole clarity process that includes defining your dream for yourself. And I think often when people see it in black and white and they see it on paper and they see what they want and they see the benefits, we map it all out. They're like, oh, so it's not necessarily about becoming an entrepreneur. It's that I wasn't getting X, Y, and Z. And I'd like to get that. Or entrepreneurship is still the path. I see that, but there's still so much more I need to get in my career before I do that. I tell people often the the, the blind spots, the developmental areas, the things that you find in your last couple performance reviews, if you don't work those things out, they're just going to follow you into entrepreneurship. If you're not good at delegating and, you know, working well with others, they're going to follow you into entrepreneurship. If you don't know how to deliver public speaking well and really get your point across, all that's coming with you in your business. And so to me, focus on what can I get from this opportunity? If entrepreneurship is for me, because it is for some people, right? What can I get from being here? How can I really build on my skills, my, you know, the things that I need so that I'm a better entrepreneur and I'm not out here struggling and and doing uh, unnecessarily struggling because there's a level of struggle with all of it. And I think it's important though to get that clarity first so that you understand, is this for me? If it is, is it a right now thing? What skills do I need to develop? So I take everyone through this idea of clarity, this we go map out the dream, we understand what the non-negotiables are, what does this look like so that you can make an informed decision. I'm all about making empowered, informed, intentional decisions. I love that. An informed decision, not a decision because a meme made you feel some kind of way on Instagram, (laughs) like an actual informed decision. And then I also know that you have the deeper than work roadmap. Can you just share a little bit about that? And all of this is mapped out in your book, right? In deeper than work. So just give us a, a high level overview of what that roadmap looks like for people who are like, no, I really feel like I'm called to stay in my career, but it's just not, not in this way. I I'm, I think I need to do something different. What does that roadmap look like? Yeah, it's really first just starting out with making the shift in your mentality. And so I call it the thriver mentality. And when you're talking about embodying this deeper than work and not just going through the motions, the first stop is what do I think, right? What am I, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I making these decisions? Who told me that this was what I needed to be doing? How do I get that all together? And so really just understanding and uncovering the mind, the mental hurdles, the barriers, the things that are keeping you stuck, the decisions you need to make, overcoming those limiting beliefs, not, I I call it shoulding all over yourself, all the shoulds, I should have done this, I should have had that. Really starting there to me is the first step in this process. Once you get your mind right and you understand what it is that needs to happen, then transitioning into what is the the shift that needs to happen. So how do I design my dream career? How do I really understand what is the clarity and the pieces and things that I want to be doing? How do I really identify how I want to show up? What is the money I need, the, the relationships, all of those things that we talked about? And then finally going into the everyday thriver, right? Like what is, how do I show up every single day? What does my executive presence look like? How do I maximize the impact? How do I strategically network? What do I do to walk this thing out every single day? And so it's taking it from the inside, starting with the the mindset, then kind of mapping out the goals. And then finally, okay, how do I walk this thing out and make it, take it externally? So it's all of this that I I talk about it all in the book. And it's really just being intentional. Again, this word intentional, I don't even know how many times we've said it so far. (laughs) It's so true though. But that's the that's the key. It's just about being intentional. My goal is to help people stop going through the motions, stop just existing through your career and through your life and start living, start thriving, really start taking control of what you want your career to be. Mm, this is so good. 
And I love when you talked about basically building your thriver mentality that who said, who said Devon Franklin, uh, who's a friend of the podcast says that too. Anytime you start to put yourself in a box, a mental box around what your possibilities are, ask yourself who said we're both Caribbean, have Caribbean parents, right? And I don't know about you, but I know every good Belizean knows that if you want to be successful, you need to be an engineer, a doctor, a pharmacist, or a lawyer. Those are about the four opportunities you have to do something respectable. The rest of us, we just out here, right? <laughs> and so, you know, for many years, my dad was like, well, you said you were going to be a lawyer. And I'm like, well, dad, I said that in like third grade. Give me a break. Like, pull up a little bit. I hadn't been exposed to much, right? I knew pharmacy and doctor out, engineer definitely out. So I just went with, okay, who, who lets you talk? Lawyers. Okay. That sounds about right for me, right? But the older I got, I had to ask myself those questions like, okay, but who said I'm being held to a conversation that I had at third grade? That's not who I am. That's not what I'm interested in. That's not what brings me joy. That's not what lights me up. And I think a lot of us, if we were honest, we have done things or we are doing things because somebody else said, and why? Like, and, and so why? Why is your 30-year-old version being run by the third grade version of you? Yes. Yes. I share a story in the book about not going to study abroad when I was in college because other people said that why are you doing that? That's not a good decision, whatever. And I really, you know, help people recount the t- many times that they're doing things because of what other people said. And it's just like, okay, it's never okay. But when you're young, fine. But when we, come on, we, 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 we grown now. Like really, we still making decisions based on what auntie or mommy or whoever said back in the nineties. Like it's time to take control of your career, your story, your wants, your needs. It's time to take control and really make decisions from a space that's going to honor you and what you want. Mm-hmm. Because the ultimate goal for us here at Redefining Wealth and for you with Deeper Than Work is that people be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything stems from fulfillment. So it has to be what you actually want. And at the end of the day, your mama and them, your daddy and them, your friends and them, they can't speak to what's going to truly fill the voids in your life. People can hypothesize, but at the end of the day, that's for you to determine what makes you wake up and feel like, man, it's hard. I'm tired, you know, like every day ain't roses and rainbows. But when I start to open my mouth and do what I was put here to do, it always lifts me up and gives me energy. And people are like, I didn't know you were sick. I forgot I was sick because I was doing <laughs> what I'm supposed to do. Uh, Dorian, I just, I love what you're doing. I love this idea of deeper than work. Before I let you go, I'm going to ask you what we call redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. And we just want you to tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. How do you define success? I define success as authenticity. I love it. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Wealth. The first thing that came to mind was really nice stuff. (laughs) But really nice stuff is relative. It means so many things to different people. For me, I got visions of bags and, and jewelry and dancing in my head. For you, that can mean the beautiful home with your family, whatever. I think this goes back to what we talked about. Don't let nobody else define that stuff for you. You know what really nice stuff means. What does that mean for you? And go out and get that. (laughs) I love it. Okay. What's one book that has helped you redefine wealth for yourself? Mm, This gonna sound so like somebody told me to say it, but it's the first thing, the Bible. Honestly, they got some good stuff in there about the power to create wealth and what we are promised and who we are. Woo! It is. And no, so many people have said the Bible for different reasons. So I'm with it. Okay. You're going to fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. Mm. My name is Dorian. And for me, the truth about wealth is that it is our birthright. 
Yes, Dorian, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I think you really are going to bless a lot of people with this message. And we're so excited to support Deeper Than Work here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Today's Ask Patrice Anything question comes from Piello in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, my name is Piello Badian. You literally pronounce my name as three letters, P-L-O. And my question is, does your class, Redefining Wealth for Yourself, creates an environment where a person can truly find what their purpose is if they do not know what their purpose is? Hey, PLO, that is a great question. So Redefine Wealth for Yourself is not a course yet. I don't know if you're trying to like speak that into existence. I receive it, girl. It could it could end up being a course. But right now, Redefine Wealth for Yourself is actually my book. And yes, I do believe that if you go through the exercises in the book, it will give you the clarity to not find your purpose, but finally embrace it. So I always say this, I don't believe that purpose is hiding from us. And I don't believe it needs to be this like grand search for what my purpose is. I think a lot of times we are dealing with clutter and we are dealing with, you know, the judgment of others or suggestion of others. And we don't take enough time to get to really or to sit and really tap into who we really are and what we really like and what we don't like. We don't take enough time to really embrace it because we're typically comparing ourselves to other people or we're dismissing things because they come to us easy, right? And so I don't know that it's about finding purpose, but redefine wealth for yourself is such a great tool to help you work through these different exercises. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. As you're going through, you might go, Patrice, what does this have to do with purpose? Girl, trust the process. Because as you go through the fit pillar and the people pillar and the space pillar and the faith pillar and all of the exercises that I have there, trust me, you're going to start to lean in to your authentic voice. And the sooner that we lean into like, who am I really? And what feels right in my body, in my spirit, in my soul, then the sooner we understand that I'm already purpose. I was born with purpose, for purpose, on purpose. I'm here for such a time as this. The people that I'm called to serve, they're here for such a time as this. And that is how, right, we actually get to walk, breathe, live in our purpose. So it's not hiding from you, hun. It's right there. And yes, I do believe redefine wealth for yourself will shake you up a little bit and unlock so much that maybe you've been hiding or you've been suppressing or you've been just trying to push it down. But this is a book that I do believe will will wake you up a bit. So I'll definitely tag to redefine wealth for yourself in the show notes. But PLO, thank you so much for the question. And please do stick around. I hope you're a purpose chaser already. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Redefining Wealth. I surely hope that you enjoyed yourself. Listen, make sure you tag Dorianne and let her know what a blessing her work, Deeper Than Work, was to you today. Go out and support the book. We're going to tag to it and sh- we're going to tag it in the show notes as well. Um, hit me up in social media, Seek Wisdom PCW, and let me know what you thought of the episode. And until next time, you know what it is. I want you to go live your life's purpose find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.